High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. And now, numbers that talk. At 11 o'clock this morning, the CSO uh, launched uh, its property price index. Couldn't understand a word of it. Sent out an SOS to the CSO. And they've sent Deirdre Cullen, senior statistician at the CSO, who joins me every Wednesday, Deirdre, to make sense of numbers. Thanks for having me back, George. Now, any news on the hook pile in Fox Rock, double 18? (laughs) Straight out to business, George. What's your house worth? (laughs) Don't muck about there. No, seriously, uh, today the CSO launched a new residential property price index to get technical, which is basically measuring how prices are going up and down all across Ireland. We have a whole range of new data on our website CSO.ie CSO.ie We've 20 uh, different sub-indices now for housing in Ireland and we're also we've put up on our website average house prices for the whole country and also by air code routing key. So I've all the house prices here for Dublin and we'll go straight down to business. You told me before we came on air, Dublin 18, the average house price of a house in Dublin 18 is €525,000. I I'll keep going. Yeah, I can tell your listeners that the dearest place in Dublin to buy a house is Dublin 6. Well, you wouldn't be surprised by that either, of course. You wouldn't, but you might be surprised at how much it is. The average price of a house in Dublin 6 in uh, July 2016 is €733,000. You are kidding me. I'm not kidding you. So you're in the halfpenny place compared to that. Dublin 2 comes in second at €724,000. Lest we become Dublin-centric... Oh, what I'm about my beloved Cork? How is how is beloved Cork doing these let matters? Let me see now. Where will I find Cork on my list? Let me see. Cork County, 196,000. Mm. Yeah. The cheapest place in Ireland for a house is Longford at just under 80,000. 79,000 is the average price for a house in uh, 2015. All right. But at the risk of offending all the people in Longford, uh, who'd want to live in Longford? I mean, if you work in, in Dublin, somebody's saying to you there's a house for 70,000 in Longford, but you mightn't go there. You mightn't. But look, at we, we're not just producing average prices today. We're also producing uh, data on how prices are going up and down well, and prices are rising fastest in the Midlands than anywhere else. So nationally, prices are going up by just under 7%. In Dublin, just under 4%, but outside Dublin, 11%. And in the Midlands, by almost 20%. 20%? Like, what? what's the Midlands now? Like, Tullamore, where there's ploughing is uh, going Leash, on? Leash, Longford, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, unsustainable. That's leading the pile. Well, you know, I guess, you know, prices are, you know, maybe houses are still affordable there and people are, you know, getting into the market down yeah. there. What about peak versus trough? Like, yeah. are we are we close to a peak now? We must be. Okay, so the peak was in April 2007. Okay, Okay. that that was the peak. Uh, The trough was in March 2013. Nationally, prices fell by over 50%, 54% peak to trough for the whole country. A uh, little bit more in Dublin, 60% they fell. They've recovered a bit. Well, they've covered a, recovered a lot from that. Uh, 43% nationally, 60% in Dublin. So houses in Dublin are leading the recovery, that's for sure. But price rises in Dublin have slowed down and the rest of the country is now catching up. But it does but, mean, though, that people who bought at the peak... It would still probably be a negative equity then. Yes. I mean, prices are still 35% off their peak values. 35? Yeah, as we sit here today. Yeah. So there's still a ways to go. But maybe, you know, nobody really wants to go back to the peak. I guess if you bought in April 2007, you do. But maybe, you know, nationally, 
you yeah. know, it was always a bit unsustainable. I heard a clip this morning from one of your colleagues talking about cash buyers. Now, a lot of people are talking about there's a ton of people out there with money in their pockets. But he, he see, it was a man. He seemed to suggest that house prices were cheaper for cash buyers. Is, is that right? What, what does cash do to the price of a house? So the old index that the CSO produced was based on mortgage transactions only and the new index is based on stamp duty data which includes cash buyers and by including the cash buyers it's dragged the index down at the trough which would indicate that cash buyers pay less but then it's also pushing the index back up faster. I mean this is non-statistics question but when I heard it how does the fellow who's selling the house know that you're a cash buyer? Like, I mean, what's the, like you have cash if you have a mortgage and you have cash if you have cash, no? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm not a real estate agent. No, so not maybe me. Like, 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 that's that. the next but question. It's, no, it is, it is a good question. I mean, maybe they can, Do they're more quicker. opportunistic. Yeah, they can yeah. move around, you know, and snap them up and stuff. Yeah. Now, a lo- what about apartments? Because we're not a nation of apartment livers. Isn't that right? We're not, but more and more like properties in Ireland are apartments. I think so we can, we can see that all around us. So we'll just talk about the general volume. So 37,000 properties were transacted in the residential market in the year to July. And of that, 15% of those were apartments. Now, five, 15%. 15%. Okay. Now, five years ago, only 10% were apartments. So there's more apartments being sold. The price of apartments is rising faster at the moment. Certainly, um, let me see this now. Uh, in Dublin, the ri- price of apartments is rising faster than houses. And so I guess then more will be transacted. Now, when you, you're looking at the prices of the property, so you're not interested in actual rentals of property. This survey doesn't look at rentals, does it? No, this is a property price index. for. Yeah. for uh, so what you have is you have information on what houses or, or apartments are actually selling for, right? Now, a, a, a word that's bandied about on a near daily basis by politicians is first-time buyers, right? Yeah. Uh, I haven't been a first-time buyer, I have to tell you, since March 1968. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what do you know about first-time buyers? Well, they made up, back in 2010, they made up half of people purchasing houses. And today they only make up uh, a quarter, 24.4% of listings or transactions in the residential property market are by first-time buyers. But are we so have the they same... Have, they have a declining share of the market yeah, at the moment. Which yeah. is surprising because presumably we have the same number of people getting married. We have the same population by and large. So we probably have the same number of people out there who would under normal circumstances by a house but can't. Is that what it means? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, or else they're just being squeezed out. Yeah, and to put that in context for your listeners, so I talked about 37,000 transactions last year. In Ireland today, there's 280,000 people aged 24 to 29. So that's the age group who might be getting ready to step in to the property market. Um, so I guess, you know, if even 10% of them wanted to buy a house tomorrow, you know, that's 28,000 yeah, weddings but, uh, would be required. You know? Yeah, my guest, of course, Chief Statistician at the CSO. All our information is available on cso.ie. She goes by the name of Deirdre Cullen and she's here every Wednesday making numbers talk. Now, you're a statistician rather than a sociologist, right? But sociologically, when you go back to March 68, 
I was making two decisions, and everybody of my age group was making two decisions. Get married, buy house. The two were linked, right? That is not the case today because you have people who are unmarried but living together, or you have people who are getting married who are renting. It's a different sort of marketplace, though. It is. It is for sure. And I mean, it's utterly different to, to, to when you settled down, George, back in the 60s. I mean, even when I got married... Less than a settled down, please, <laughs> Even when I got married back in the 90s, you know, you got married and you bought the house. So things are changing in that regard. To come back to the first-time buyers, um, they are paying less for dwellings than um, people, who, existing existing owners. So say the likes of, of you or I, you know, if we sell and buy again, we're generally trading up still. I mean, as you know, pensioners trade down. So first time buyers are paying about 50,000 less. Presumably they're buying smaller, more affordable houses and the investors are paying least of all. The investors? Yes. So yes. these are people who are investing to let. Investing to let, I guess, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but why are they paying less? Because I, doesn't a house have a value, an intrinsic value, whether you're buying it to let or live? Well, sure. you would have thought. No, for sure. But these are average figures. And I mean, when I saw that, I asked myself the same question. And I guess I thought, well, you know, maybe they're buying less quality of a property because it's just for investment, you know, whereas, you know, the rest of us might want it near the good school or, you know, maybe near the beach or something like that. Now, you know? forget about the beach just for a moment. <laughs> um, I saw somewhere that buying near a school adds to the price of uh, a house. Well, they say location, location, yeah. location. I don't think that's as important as in Britain where there's all that pressure on schools, you know, and yeah. it's all address-based. So, you know, but look at the huge variation in prices around Dublin tells a picture in itself. Well, I give mean, me a variation du- between top and bottom in Dublin. For uh, Dublin say. 10, 157,000. Average? Yes. Compared with Dublin 6, yes. 764. Yes. yes. The national average is about 226,000 euros. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, us Dublin 18 people don't know where Dublin 10 is. It's around the Ballyfermot area, okay. that part of Dublin, yeah. Right. Uh, the national average, 226,000. And to put that in context, that's six times the average industrial wage. So that's for the whole of Ireland, 226,000 to buy a house, six times the average industrial wage. Out in Dublin 6, that's 20 times the average industrial wage. Okay, so there won't be too many people on the average industrial wage living in Dublin 6. There's there's another thing though that if you I'm, I'm talking Dublin Ten again, right? The reason it's it's cheaper is because people don't like to live there or don't want to live there or whatever, right? Now, if if you look at new places like New York, for instance, where nobody went to live in the Bronx or you know these kind of places, then suddenly the Irish, particularly, but other than that, went in suddenly the Bronx or Harlem or these kind of places dramatically changed. Now, if all these young whiz kids, solicitors, bankers and whatever all started buying in Dublin 10 where they get a very cheap house, A, they would change also the kind of area, wouldn't they? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I live very close to Ballymun and it's being regenerated at the moment and more and more people are moving into the area and there's a big connection with the college there. So, you know, that type of thing, of course, it happens in cities. And look what happened in, in around Ringsend and the Basin and, you know, the whole... Um, 
Google and LinkedIn and the huge demand for uh, property, you know, in that part of Dublin. So and look at the across the river, the whole IFSC area and the demand for property. Yeah, I mean, you, it's interesting you mentioned Rings End because when I first came to Dublin in the early 60s, you know, uh, gone my way to Sandy Mount of Lake Cricket, like you'd be going through Rings End and sort of this is Hiroshima, you know. Yeah, yeah. And now all these trendies are down in, in Rings End yeah. paying huge amounts of money for property. Yeah, yeah. With your experience of, of, of this, looking at peaks and troughs and everything else, there was up to really 21st century, there was an inalienable belief the property always went up. Isn't that right? Yes. You know, what the 21st century has shown us is that we can't believe that it's always going to keep going up. Isn't that right? Well, unless what happened with the financial downturn has caused a correction and we're back now, you know, because, I mean, an awful lot of what happened in Ireland had to do with banking and lending, you know. So possibly we're back on an upward trajectory, but who can foresee the future? If we could, sure, we'd all be millionaires. But you know the other thing, that the suggestion about the Irish is the Irish all want to own a house, whereas our German cousins or French cousins don't necessarily. They're quite happy to rent. Okay, Now, are these figures showing us a shift in the Irish attitude towards rental? No? No, because these figures I have in front of me today are just about the price of property. Okay. Um, in the census, we produce data that shows home ownership versus rental. And then we looked at it in more depth than we could show where primary school and secondary school going children were living in rental property. And that must then get difficult to manage, you know, because when you're in rental property, it's less stable. Presumably you move more often and things like that. And so for sure, you know, I think about 70 percent in in, uh, in urban areas now in Ireland own their own home and the remainder rent. So the numbers renting in Ireland are increasing all the time. But you never think we'll be like our German cousins? I don't I'm calling so. upon an opinion here rather than no, statistical yeah. expertise. Well, look, we all have experience of the continent. A lot of rental property on the continent is owned by pension funds. So it's not owned by individuals. In Ireland, yeah. it's still primarily owned by individuals. Yeah. To get back to the Rings End thing, though, like what's on the CSO website today is we have average property prices for every single air code uh, routing key in the country. There's 130 of them. So I have figures in front of me here for Greystones, Bray, Kinsale, Castlereagh. Are you serious? Yeah, 100. Yeah, it's a fantastic wealth of information on our website. We're very proud of what we did today, what we've done today. And it's it really... Now, what's the... Oh, forgive me, the air code is what? Finally, what's that? That's the postal code. Yes, yes. You know that, that seven-digit code you were given there, George, about nine <laughs> months ago that you memorised. Do you remember that one? 18. Yours starts with D18 and then there's four digits after it. Right. Yeah. So people will need to know their first three digits of their air code to go onto the CSO website and get the average price of the house in their area. So Young Hook down in Carrigaline County Cork will find out. That's right. OK, you That's want right. to make a final point? No, just Kinsale is the area, you know, outside of Dublin where property prices are rising the fastest, 40% in the past year. 40%? Why didn't I buy a rundown cottage in Kinsale by the sea? There you are. You always miss the great experience. Numbers that talk. Deirdre Cullen from uh, the CSO, where she is chief statistician. CSO.ie for all the information.